All right, what's going on everybody? Zombies here again, and today we're back with another episode of the Fighting Pit Podcast, episode 33, joined with my co-host Mullahoo here, Wizard Beast out this week, doing a little birthday celebrating, so happy early birthday to him, hope he's having a good time, he should be back with us next week or so. Uh, but we're gonna have we're gonna have some fun this one. This is our first episode back after the new Mercs drop. So we took last week off. Everyone was busy grinding. wasn't quite as much to talk about as take some time to get some impressions for the new mercenaries. But I finished grinding up all the characters the other day. So we're gonna do some cool stuff this episode. We're gonna be testing some stuff out. There's gonna be gameplay in this one, and uh, that should be a lot of fun. I know uh, Mole who. You've been kind of hands-off with it, so you'll, we'll get to see some of your first impressions of how some of these characters actually play out compared to... It's always, like, and this is the case with, like, regular Hearthstone, it's always different uh, when you actually get to play with the cards versus just, oh, like, yeah. theorizing and reading what they do and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's really exciting. Um, we're going to get right on into the episode, though, but before we do, if you enjoy this type of content, do remember to... Like, subscribe, comment, all that good social media stuff. Helps us out a ton and uh, really supports the show. So yeah, uh, let's get into it. This drop. This drop has really been something else so far. Uh, obviously, it's early in the uh, the time frame. I mean, it hasn't even been... It's been just over a week, right? Yeah, it's been, been just over a week since we got the drop. And... Uh, a lot has changed as a result of this drop, even though a lot of people don't have the characters leveled up yet. Like, yeah, it's kind of, I think this is going to be the biggest change and potentially the most diverse meta we have seen in the history of the game. And it's kind of a bold claim, but mm-hmm. I uh, think that's what's going to happen here with some of these new characters. No, I agree. I think we were kind of talking about it in terms of like a draft perspective a little bit before this, but and this is really the first time where I would say basically every color, every spell school has a deck that you can play now. And there's cool stuff that's been iterated like multiple times deep in other spell schools. And we have uh, so many of these cool color changing mercs now for the first time. I and mean, this really does feel like we solved mul- like multiple 90%, 80%, 70% kind of situations, brought them all up to 100 I envision a meta that might never be solved at this point. Like people are going to have to grind it up and then start figuring things out. And now there's too much to ever solve before the next stuff comes out. I mean, this might be that kind of that dream scenario where it is. There's a thousand Pokemon. You'll never see the same thing again, but we're getting closer. Yeah, we're getting a lot closer to that. And this is kind of one of the reasons I've been so bullish on the mode since the beginning, because you've played a bunch of Pokemon, you know, like I like to use the analogy of like generation one in Pokemon generation one was not a very varied meta. And that wasn't just because generation one had a bunch of weird mechanics. It was because generation one, there were only so many Pokemon. Yeah. There are 150 of them, but what like half of that are pre evolutions. So you're not using them in a competitive sense. So that already cutting you down to 75 and then a bunch of them don't have good moves or don't have good stats, and that cuts it down in half again. And it's kind of like what we had at launch with Mercenaries, at least in PvP, where though we launched with, I believe it was like 52, 54 Mercenaries, something like that, uh, not very many of them saw PvP play. It was like, I don't know, maybe like 15 or 20. There were a lot that just 
weren't really made or, or up to the power level of even launch PvP characters. Um, and that was one of those things where, like, and I was talking about this the other day on stream, where, like, Karen Diablo is the initial kind of uh, meta-terror with the, the bench, where it was, like, the end-all, be-all, and there wasn't really much she could do about it. You just played it yourself. <laughs> Everyone just kind of was running it. But that changed, you know, that was how it was at launch, but we got our first drop not very long after launch, if we think about it. Uh, I think it was, like, the end of October, so it was really only, like, two-ish weeks, I want to say. I have to look it up to confirm, but I'm pretty sure the first drop with the Pirates and Cookie, because uh, that came with the mini set. Let, let me see if I can check that here. Mini set. Hearthstone. Yeah, Cookie, cookie had just, because the Invitational had just had Cookie, and that was in November 16th, so that was a month, a month yeah, after. Yeah, the Deadmines mini set, November 2nd. So it was literally, yeah, it was a little, it was like a few days later than I thought, but, uh, worth noting that season one of mercenaries was actually longer uh, yeah, than our cool. traditional seasons now because mercenaries dropped on the 12th. So it started kind of mid month. So season one was actually the second half of October and then all of November. And we saw in that first drop, even though some of the characters, like a lot of the pirates for the most part were pretty underpowered at the time. Um, barring maybe Eudora, who did see a bit more play, because uh, this was before things like Edwin and Vanessa got buffed. But Cookie was a real big game changer, because not only did Cookie back then combo with Karen and Diablo, and made for like an even stronger version of that bench, eventually people figured out, well, if you throw Cookie, Brucon, and Malfurion on the bench, you can actually beat Karen Diablo. And that was kind of one of the, the first main evolutions we saw in terms of like bench play and the uh the drops were kind of very different back then right where you're getting these monthly drops of a handful of characters but a lot of the time what was happening with the drops is there was usually one really star standout character and then maybe one other one that was like good sometimes there was more but like a lot of them, that's what it felt like. I, I think of the... We're really getting chunks of five, basically, yeah. at a time. So it was like, a play of, like, one good one, two okay ones, two bad ones. Like Yeah, the, there were the a lot of bad ones. <laughs> and some of those have been improved and buffed along the way, which is great. I really do enjoy the, uh, the approach they've taken with buffing characters and how it's been. Uh, honestly, all things considered, barring, like, I think... Obviously, the the Trigor one was a, a bit problematic for a while. Um, I think all the other buffs have been really, really good for the game. And even Trigor, now that we have more tools to deal with him, even though he can still be annoying, he's not nearly as annoying as he was in the meta that his initial buff formed when there just wasn't a lot of good answers, when he was also dealing retaliation damage when you killed him with, like, AoE. Like, that alone was a, a very big change. So it's been very interesting to see it evolve uh, over time. And to get back to the original point, with Pokemon, the, the, the meta changed so much from just Gen 1 to Gen 2. And then it kept compounding and getting more complex, and there ended up being more variety as it expanded because there were all these new combinations you could try. And I think a big part of why we're seeing more of that now is there's a lot more depth to these new mercenary designs. They're just like 
way, way deeper and there's more to them. And I really love all the design space being explored because it feels like night and day. Like even the the launch mercenaries that were good, like they they didn't have this level of like depth to them where there there's so many different decision make things you can do. There's so many uh more combos that you can do. And it's not all dependent on spell schools. Like there is spell school synergy and stuff like that. Uh but there are also just combos that these abilities just happen to work together. Like the uh, a big one we've seen is the Bonsomni bounce with things like Nemzi's battle cry or other battle cries. And I love that we're we're actually seeing uh, mercenaries that have a battle cry or a death rattle built into them rather than requiring the item slot to get that effect. Yeah, no, I think oh, a good way to maybe describe even like this new shift of design complexity that we're seeing is really when you think of the early stages of combat and mercenaries pvp in particular you would have a matchup and the matchup would basically have one good flow chart that it would kind of go down for the most part where one player because they had the kind of winning side of the fight would be able to steer it in that direction it was kind of up to the other player to like maybe get something cheeky but there was kind of one direction the game would go mm-hmm. but now with things like bonsomdi and all these like color changing that's going all over the place it feels a little bit more as if now we ha- just have the option to, at different points in the game, suddenly fork in a very different way. And in some cases, a completely new way every time. Again, with Bonsomni just resetting what your board gets to look like, mm-hmm. you can kind of do any number of variations with that. But I think that's one of the things that strikes me about this is like these mercenaries are allowing for a kind of mid-game switch up. Yes. Whereas before we weren't seeing... You just knew it was Karen Diablo. Like you knew the order that they were coming out because there was kind of only one way for it to go. Mm-hmm. And now it feels like we're getting these forks, but one fork just multiplies nearly exponentially the number of things that can happen. Forget about when we're getting now multiple forks or kind of multiple decision pathways. Uh, the complexity certainly just ballooned overnight, I think, with this patch. Yeah. And personally, I think it's a really great thing for the game because. That was one thing I was a little worried about initially compared to stuff like Pokemon is uh, Mercenaries is a lot simpler and more straightforward in its design where you have three items, you pick one, you have three skills, you're using one of them per turn. And obviously there can be more depth to that, but uh, Pokemon, you have a lot of stuff like, well, you have four moves. On top of that, you get to decide like stat spreads for your Pokemon so you can build them in different ways to make them faster, to make them more tanky, uh, to it make does them... feel like it's coming. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it very well could, for sure. But just seeing the new designs has definitely given me a, uh, a very optimistic outlook towards the future, because, I mean, if this is like the, the new standard, we, t- we talked a bunch about, right, like comparing... 2021 design mercs to like 2022 ones and it feels like we're already like jumping into the future again it feels like comparing like these new drop ones to even just like a drop or two ago Mm -hmm. it feels like a whole world of difference um i think one of the best ways to put it is we got less mercenaries this time we got 14 instead of i think last time with the event it was 17 or 18 but it feels like we got more because more of these characters are playable. And 
there were a lot of cool characters last time, but like uh, I think the Nagas were a great example of they they printed a lot of these. I mean, it was thematic and stuff, and eventually, you know, a good Naga comp was found. But like half of the Nagas still don't really see play. Like the Jara doesn't see much play. Slither Spear, not really, though. Maybe he could make a uh, yeah, comeback yeah. <laughs> with the the summons running around. And uh, Fathom Lord Carathress. That those Nagas just don't see too much play. Uh, we we did end up seeing the other ones see play, and obviously the Queen saw a lot of play. But that's a lot of characters. That right there, that's three characters out of your drop that aren't really didn't really find a home in PvP and not really in PvE very much that I've seen. Um, so I I really think when you're gonna have release cycles like this, where it's once every four months or whatever it is uh making sure that like as many of these characters are like playable and interesting as as possible is like very important because if we get 14 new characters and like three or four of them aren't that good or aren't very usable that that really limits the the total options you can have in experimentation and i feel like we don't have that problem at all right now like this this drop has it's created new archetypes. It's made old archetypes kind of evolve. It's given support to things uh, that were kind of sorely lacking it, like Fell, for example. I think there is something there. Um, I've seen a few different experimentations that look kind of promising. Uh, the one tribe, I guess actually two tribes, that got a little left out this time around were Holy and Beasts. Um, a little surprised didn't see any Holy support, a little bit less so with Beasts, but... You know, there are a lot of holy characters, there are a lot of beast characters. I'm sure we're going to see something like that in the future. Uh, one other thing that really surprised me, though, was we didn't see really any tie-in to Nathria uh, so far, which definitely took me by surprise. You know, we talked about this before in a previous episode. We got all the old god events, so we were kind of expecting, well, yeah, we're going to get a Yogg fight and a Cthune fight, because we got the other two boss fights. And I really liked the theme of the Dark Moon Fair. Uh, I, I, these are actually some of my favorite PV content things in a while. I thought they were actually pretty good and I had a lot of fun doing them. Um, but I was surprised that we didn't get much of a tie in like we got for sunken city where it, it felt like the whole drop wasn't about sunken city, but you know, we got to explore an area that was themed around it. We got a lot of the Nagas and, uh, the only character we got from Nathria was, uh, Murloc Holmes who, really cool i'm glad we got him finally another red murloc right um but i was surprised we didn't see any other of the iconic characters to tie in the recent set and kind of the mini set like uh denathrius like prince like uh prince renathal those those are um those are two that i really kind of expected to see and i wouldn't be surprised if we potentially see them as an event um but they yeah. they did not show up in the initial uh patch at least yeah i mean i think i think it's kind of reasonable to suspect that they might just be because we're expecting an event soon ish right and so i think denathrius in particular would be a really funky one to be able to have as a merc um but we i mean this is the end this is like the beginning of chapter two of these events or i guess it's not even chapter two it's more like this kind of weird chapter three of the events where it was kind of like a bunch of disparate characters and then all the old gods. Mm -hmm. And now it's the beginning of, we don't know what. And so 
it's almost impossible to guess right now because yeah it's not going to be, be anything there yeah. it could be but it could be an anathrace it could be the start of wherever they want the mercenaries thing to go it could be probably tying into right where the what this pve end game is going to look like it True, seems yep. pretty straightforward like to be able to connect the pve end game to events in some kind of way um seems like a really easy way to tie stuff into yeah to kind of your own storyline that way so it could be something like that but this is yeah we're opening a door for the first time we have nothing to string connect to yet yeah and i mean we had the the old gods kind of come all at once so we kind of knew what to expect and now we don't you know it's kind of like the first or second event where we got like chiji and leroy like nobody was yeah. expecting those mercenaries <laughs> Um, like I, I know myself and a few others talked about like the idea of uh, getting to mess around with like it'd be so cool if we got Leroy as a mercenary, but I don't think anyone really expected it anytime soon. No. And I, I love Leroy. I haven't we haven't seen quite a, as much of him recently, but yeah, he disappeared as soon as the event was over, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean he was relevant in the PvP meta for a while, um, but I do think once the the old gods builds got more popular and whatnot uh it made it a bit harder for him because he didn't really have a great way of dealing with Cthune. like part of the reason he saw a bunch of play was because he could zero speed deal a ton of damage as like a bench carry and we saw comps kind of moved away from having as caster heavy benches somewhat other than shadow uh so i think meta just kind of shifted on him a bit like big humans were really good initially when we got the last big drop and then i think they were still good but they got a bit worse once we got all the old gods um and that's another comp that so the cool thing about this drop is it feels like uh no comp from the last drop is like they're still good they're still very powerful comps but it feels like we have a lot more options for dealing with them and uh, we were talking a little bit about this uh, before. Uh, Medivh, with his, his counter, is just like... It's such a crazy ability against some of the stuff we've seen for a while now. Like Trigor Valera stuff, where... Well, you have Trigor and Valera to deal a crazy amount of damage on turn one. Trigor combos Valera, so you get the speed two on top of it. And it's just an absurd amount of damage output. And now we have a way where you can... Pretty easily, you counter Trigor's ability on one, so he literally does nothing. And unless they have another three or less speed, that's actually countering the Valera combo, so you're not even getting a Valera speed boost on one, which is very, very relevant, because uh, then you're not always outsped on turn two. Uh, just that equipment alone, I think, is, is going to shake up a lot of stuff. And it's not just good against that, it's good against stuff like the old gods, uh, because... It counters Yasharaj's refresh ability on turn one, so they can't as easily get their old gods to be ulting on turn two. So just that equipment alone really provides a lot of interesting counterplay to most of the dominant comps in last meta. I mean, like kind of the big three were were really the the shadow, the old gods, and the arcane Valera. And all those three, it feels like there are now more ways of helping to deal with those comps. Even though they're still strong, it doesn't feel like they're in kind of a league of their own anymore. Yeah, no, I think the fact that we didn't get a drop and then 
kind of like what happened to Frost a little bit once and to Shadow even kind of as well, where we were just like, okay, new stuff. Now the best deck is still broken and it's still really good and there's no reason to really play anything else yet. Like it doesn't, we don't get that vibe at all. Um, and like you said, I think the Medivh equipment is probably going to be a big part of that. And I feel obligated to mention, because I did not know this and I was stunned to hear this, that the Medivh equipment that little counterspell stone actually has a zero speed attack <laughs> as a part. It can counter itself. Yep. I never expected it to have that additional layer of just all upside yep. on its text. Like I didn't even, I didn't even expect it to be able to attack at all. And when you first told me that I was like, Oh, that's cool. You have the choice to like counter it slowly. Like I'm sure it's a five or <laughs> like a normal speed, but zero. And as long as this is as intended, that is just a yet another cool level of just, I mean, it's not a legendary medieval. I mean, it's a powerful thing, but that that equipment alone gets me really excited. And I, with all this Bonsomni picking stuff up, I mean, it, it definitely seems like every deck can be attacked now, basically. And we kind of have enough hate cards to a certain extent. Yeah, definitely. It feels like we're finally getting some interesting kind of counters. One other thing that's kind of cool to mention uh, is that, and this isn't in, we haven't seen this effect yet, but there was a little kind of a uh, sneaky thing that someone in the Discord noticed uh, that kind of hints that it's probably something we're going to see at some point. So uh, the new troll character, the the one with the death rattle, let me find Korak. him here. Yeah, Korak. So um, someone was hovering over him in game, and when they were hovering over him in game, they noticed, you know how you get the little tooltip effect for like what some yeah. things do, like keywords and whatnot? Well, hovering over him, they noticed there was a silence. So it, it's it said like silence, and it, it just, I believe it was just like uh, disable the ongoing effects of like this character. Um, that word was there somewhere. <laughs> so the fact that, I mean, we've been asking for that for a while, like some kind of silence effect. And now that we're seeing mercs that are yeah. having a default death rattle, a default battle cry, silence kind of makes a lot more sense. I mean, we're seeing more mercs also like Cadgar uh, that have that like transformation passively that get a bonus. So being able to actually turn off that effect somehow it's kind of just a, a natural thing to add to the game as we get more of characters with these kinds of effects you want a way to deal with them that's not just always just flat out killing them so i'm pretty excited to see how that's going to get implemented uh, i doubt it's something we're going to see you know i mean we could see it in one of the future events but i feel like that's probably something that's going to be saved for the next big drop uh, we're, we'll see something like that implemented but very, very interesting, um, to say the least. You know, we've talked about something, and a lot of the stuff we have kind of talked about and theorized on the show, like we have seen over time. Um, one of the ones worth noting is Trick Room. I mean, you've uh, you've been here for some of the past episodes. You know how much I and how long I've been asking for a trip Trick Room effect to make its way into Mercenaries, and now we have that kind of like or do we pretty yeah. close. Yeah, I was going to touch on that. So, Bonsomdi has an ability like that where he kind of swaps with the speeds. However, unfortunately, there is a bug right now where his his deal of time that messes with the speeds 
it's doing them off of base cost instead of if the speed is reduced by let's say Vulgen's passive or Valera or Edwin. So that definitely seems like a bug. Um, and hopefully that's something that can be fixed in the near future. Uh, because that's one of the things I really wanted to mess around with him, like kind of helping out slower strategies and whatnot. And it can still do that, but it doesn't really punish fast strategies as good as it should. Uh, so hopefully that can get fixed. I will say, though, overall, especially compared to the last drop, there have not been nearly as many uh, character impacting bugs. There are still bugs, but I've yet to come into one where... It's it's not like Bran where or even Bane at launch where they were the characters' abilities were just kind of so broken in a bunch of ways where you just couldn't even remotely consider them as an option until they got fixed or reworked or whatever. Um, that really hasn't happened with this one. So uh, I mean, I've been uh, I've been very kind of impressively surprised with there there were bugs right like there were. Uh, one of the rares didn't show up in the packs for a little bit. Um, there, there are some like, and there's actually, and I'll probably include this link in the description. Uh, there's a great uh, if you want to report bugs for the mode, the best way to do that is the Blizzard forums. And someone in the Discord actually put together. They did some really extensive bug testing, um, which is great because I would like to do stuff like that. I just don't have the time to do it. Um, and they did some really, really extensive bug testing and I actually tweeted out about it and, uh, they followed up on it today and looks like there were a lot of eyes on it and hopefully that information will help fix some of these bugs, you know, just make, uh, the developers aware that some of these things aren't working as intended and it's extensive. Like I'll, uh, I'll link it so you can take a look here in chat, but it's like, it is very extensive. They they found things that I would not have even remotely noticed. Um and it's it's pretty long, but it's very good information and it's just very helpful in kind of fixing what are otherwise very fringe interactions. I know one of the ones I've noticed was so Medivh, his ability makes your next arcane uh ability deal critical damage. Um but the uh, the Tyrandra shot, only her first shot deals damage, so it shoots those two projectiles, but only the f the first one of those two is critting. Yeah, like the left one is is critting, and it's like it's weird, and it probably shouldn't be working that way. But there there are a few, um, yeah, and like Zampage mentions here. I guess there was there was a bug for some people where, um. The, there, there was a new reward, and this is actually a topic I'd like to talk about. Uh, there was a new reward, and in the the story task chains, right? And this is something we've actually been asking for for a while: is uh, something a bit more rewarding for the story tasks. And they did something pretty cool. I don't know if you saw this, small who, but they did. There are two story tasks where the reward listed is a legendary mercenary, and. There was a little bit of confusion about this, kind of rightfully so, because it, it worked differently than how we have known a random legendary merc to work in the past in, say, the shop bundle deals, right? Mm. So 
it it showed the same thing like you see in the shop random legendary mercenary however a lot of people myself included kind of assumed well if you're missing a, a legendary merc it'll probably give you one of the ones you're missing and then if you have them all you get a skin instead because that's typically how it works however this new quest task chain thing doesn't seem to work that way and this definitely caused a lot of confusion initially um and even now like i i did like two different videos covering it because it was by far the most asked about question on release and basically what happens is so instead of giving you a legendary you don't have guaranteed it rolls a random legendary out of all the ones in the pool however if you have the legendary and all the skins for that legendary it is excluded so you can't get coins so they at least avoided that feel bad of, of rolling a legendary you have them all for and getting some yeah. <laughs> useless 100 coins uh, so that was good uh, but the chance of you getting any random character is low because it's between all the legendaries who you're missing at least the base or a skin for so it could be anything i mean we have a hundred and 14 mercenaries i'm not sure how many legendaries we have it's quite a lot um but basically it would the it would give you it would roll a random legendary and then if you already had that legendary it would give you a skin for that character um and this caused some confusion because people were expecting oh i'm missing one or i'm missing two of the new legendaries this is great because this will help me complete my collection but instead they got a skin Else. and yeah, sometimes that led to even bigger feels bad moments because uh they and i experienced this like i got a skin for a character i already had the diamond for and i'm just like I mean, oh yeah. cool i'm probably <laughs> never gonna use this <laughs> like it, it helps me complete the the collection so to speak but i much would have preferred you know one of the new characters getting a skin or uh getting a diamond for someone i was missing a diamond for right uh but overall I think it's really good that they added this. Like oh, we've yeah. been asking for a way to get like portraits outside of packs and stuff. And this is a way to do that. And some people did get the base legendary. So it did help some people kind of complete their collection, which is a good thing. But the odds of that were pretty low, unless you're missing a lot of legendaries, then you probably had better odds. But that was one of those things where there was a lot of confusion about it. So I did want to cover it here, but pretty happy with uh the new rewards like there were two of that quest so you got two legendaries and the final part of the story task was five packs and then you also got coins along the way so i really liked the uh the rewards yeah. this time around it, it definitely feels like uh they got better uh, than they have been in the past and uh i'm excited to see what kind of other stuff we can yeah, in the future, if uh, if they're kind of up in the the standard of the the PV rewards a bit, which is good. They we've been asking for that kind of thing for a while. Some new achievements as well, which are always kind of fun to mess around with. Um, I just really liked. I don't know if it's because uh, I didn't do PVE for like the better part of like four months or something or three months or something like that. Uh, so maybe I was just like refreshed from it. I mean, that's like as good of a reward set as you can probably realistically ask for. Like random, like I, we were even thinking about like specific amounts of like a lot of coins for a specific character instead of these like random like, okay, I did all the story quests and I got like. And they gave new character coins, coins too. Like, like they, they weren't, uh, 
they weren't like bad random ones like we've seen in some of the you know the tasks sometimes have random ones and those usually if you have a lot of max they don't necessarily roll very well um but the the new story quests aside from i think like the first one or two had some mercs from the last drop but most of the story quests were giving coins for the new mercenaries which was great so uh, definitely a step in the right direction there and now we're also not very far off of finally having a use for all those excess coins so if uh if the new content is looking interesting to you yeah. and you're sitting on a uh, a scrooge mcduck sized pile of excess coins like some of us are uh worry not you will finally have a way to use them soon and uh so i that's one thing i kind of recommend if you don't feel like going through all the effort of grinding all these characters it's fine you can wait until the end of the month and then there's a good chance that you're going to be able to uh, much more easily acquire coins for these new mercenaries as long as you have the mercenaries so either you know open your stored packs or if you're missing a legendary or two maybe it's worth just grinding some pve to just get them crafted but once you have all the characters it should be and especially if you have a lot of the old ones maxed it should be relatively easy um with the new coin exchange system to max out these characters a lot faster than we've been used to oh yeah i mean the the dream is still i think the number that i'm really i, I i'm not sure if i can look up how many access coins i still have in that way but like if if i could just suddenly take my disenchant my entire collection and make three characters competitively playable that's a great whatever that rate is i think is a there's an insanely good rate i don't know what that would have to be and i could go and figure it out because i don't even have that many coins so like people with way deeper collections than me should be able to do like more than three that's a lot still like that now we're starting to press into like you suddenly get five percent of the total collection just for free because of this new system maybe that's too much i'm not sure but and it's not even like you have to actually destroy your collection like in regular hearthstone where well you yeah. can always you know delete these cards but if you don't have any extras then you're not really you're it's a trade-off there here i mean if you max these mercenaries it's it's just free value it's it's just literally free value and uh, i mean i i haven't looked at what mine have gone up to after opening the packs and grinding out a bunch more but i totaled it up uh before the drop and i was about i was a little bit over 600,000 um so that's a lot <laughs> definitely a lot I, and and that should translate to like who knows? Theory, I mean, that should like the upper. You should only be getting like the upper limit of characters like instantly leveled up, and that should be something only like ten. And so that's still because what is it? It's like two like twenty five hundred coins ish or something like that. For yeah, it's, it's around there from like nothing to max. It takes about that. So that's a pretty like bad exchange from whatever six hundred thousand to twenty five thousand. Yeah, and the thing is, and we've talked about this before. There's not, in my opinion, at least. There's no chance in hell they're balancing this around the small handful of people who oh, are yeah. sitting you on these break. giant... Yeah. Like, you wouldn't make a system like this only to appeal to the the, the 1% or the 10% or whatever the number is, because certainly not everybody is in that boat, otherwise we'd have a lot more PvP players, right? Because they wouldn't have to worry about leveling up all their stuff. Um, so it feels like they... they 
uh, they have to know this, right? Like that they need to make the system appealing because this is the biggest thing people have been asking for since launch, and it's not particularly close. Like it, it's uh, it's really not. I don't. I, there's nothing. I mean, maybe the PVN game, but even that, like. Nothing has been more demanded from this game from day one than, hey, I want a use for these coins that I'm sitting on stacks of because I maxed out Cariel, because I maxed out Rokara. Like, it's been a problem. I mean, I can go look right now. I think Rokara is my most. Rokara. You want to take a guess how, how many Rokara coins I have, Malhu? You can guess too, Chad. total. What percentage of those are just Rokara coins? So, I will give you a little hint here. Uh, Rokara was one of the characters you get coins from from doing the early Heroic. So, Heroic 1-1, Heroic 1-2. And obviously, I did a ton of those in 1-1 grinding, in the early, uh, the early air elemental grinding. So, I have more for her than anyone else. It's like her and like two other rares. I have like an absolute ton. Um, Chat's making some okay. guesses. 55, say, 37. My my initial one was so I'll I'll go with the higher end then. And I'll go to I'll say 60,000. So all right, so I have uh 40k, just over 40k. 40,000 690 coins. But like it, it just doesn't make sense to to balance what I think they're going to do is I don't think every coin is going to be created equal. I think and we already have a rough idea, right, of how this is going to work in terms of we know it's these coins are getting exchanged for another new currency that is going to be uh, related to the PBEN game, as well as a new way to exchange that new currency for coins for unmaxed mercenaries. So we already like they already established that, um, and we talked about this before many times in the past thinking of the uh the prospect of hey if they ever did make a coin exchange you know they're not going to let me transfer my 40k Rokara coins into you know 20 uh yeah. <laughs> yeah into into making uh 20 um 20,000 legendary coins right like it's it's just not likely that that's going to happen cuz we we have precedent for that uh we have seen with dust values in standard and wild and stuff right like you can dust a legendary for one fourth of the value of crafting one it, it and that's like of the same thing you can dust a common for a much smaller amount and so on so we we already see a uh a kind of precedent set there that i expect to be similar and with this new resource it kind of makes sense because if it is converting extra coins, I'm guessing you get to choose which characters extra coins you're converting and it'll read, hey, this is a rare. Hey, this is an epic and give you more or less proportionally based on the rarity of that character. At least that's kind of my guess at how this is going to work. And then it's going to give you whatever this new currency is in the game and that will be kind of the base value and i'm not sure if they're going to make it you know more expensive to get random legendary coins versus random rare or epic they could they could not 
kind of anybody's guess as to whether that will happen or not. Um, but there's going to be some system in place where you use this new currency you got from your extra coins, and it will give you coins for mercs you have that are not currently maxed out yet. Now, we don't know if that's going to be targetable. I'm guessing it's not. Um, I'm guessing it's just going to be a system of, like... you. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to get into a magical Christmas land where they're gonna make it so you can just target the mercs you want to to max them out as easily as possible. Uh, but it does kind of incentivize a gameplay loop here of hey, it pays to max out your old mercenaries even if you're not gonna play them because then your odds of this coin conversion thing giving you coins for mercs you do want to play with they go up. So it gives you more of a reason to max out these characters who you might not like, use a whole lot. Out, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of interesting to think about and uh, we won't have to wait that much longer because uh, it's expected towards the end of this month, beginning of next month, we're going to get patch 24.6 and that is going to bring with it this change. And we're going to find more about how this all works and maybe it'll give us a little sneak peek at, what this you know new currency is going to be used and we can kind of figure out or come up with some possible ideas of how that could tie into the end game stuff i know me yeah, personally i'm expecting it to just like we they talked about it a little bit like just kind of like juicing up your characters and making them more powerful in some way but obviously you can't really do that in pvp because then that starts like getting pay to win elements right you know if someone drops a thousand dollars on mercenaries packs and suddenly they have however many thousands of coins to to add some extra stats or extra damage uh that's not a route we want to go down for pvp not at all um i mean we already saw the huge outcry that came about from the battleground stuff uh and that that kind of system would be way more invasive um so uh hopefully they, I mean, we know they. It, it sounds like the whatever boosting up these characters is going to be, it's going to be exclusively for PVE, where it's fine if things are not always like super uh, balanced in PVE. Like obviously, you want to strike a good balance where things can be interesting, but they've said before, like it's okay if something's overpowered. You know, we're not going to come nerfing your fire team because it's the best farming comp for a lot of bounties, because that that's not you know what they're they're about it, it doesn't there's no you're not harming anyone but the ai by just beating them with fire over and over again yeah no i mean and the uh i i guess we hadn't really even talked a ton about this idea of like once we know what the alternate current we're like in terms of the timeline like that yeah we're probably going to know what the alternate currency is before we know what the vve system is possibly um and that will be cool to speculate on actually i kind of expect I forgot that those were going to be tied into each other or that we were yeah. just going to hear about the PvE later. But we, we might learn that it's, yeah, conch shells. And then that's what gets used as your PvE endgame thing as well as your extra coins thing. Okay, obviously we're going underwater for something. What's we'll that PvE stuff? And so you get to start thinking like that. So, that, yeah, that'll be cool. I, again, I want to say it again here. I don't know why, but for so long, I had assumed that the PvE endgame was going to be a very similar clone of bounties. I don't know why I was thinking that. I would think I was just thinking too quickly about it. That's what I still want it to be is something that surprises us about 
being very different from looking like bounties or feeling like bounties. I don't know why I thought that was off the table, but I think it should be still on the table and that's got me excited. So I am like unironically now interested in what this PVE might be, um, despite not being a PVE player, because I think I wasn't thinking like wide enough and cool enough. And there's there's a chance that it could be something very simple and very cool, like a draft element. But again, there's just so many things. But um yeah. definitely excited. No, it's it's really interesting because I think they can um I think they can really do a lot with this endgame mode to uh just give a PvE experience that hasn't really been there a lot of the time, especially for players who have put a bunch of time into maxing out a lot of their characters. Like I I I think I'd actually enjoy the PvE in this game quite a bit more. If I felt like I was like reasonably being challenged and I was grinding towards a reward that I felt was rewarding. And uh, we've talked about that in the past where, and someone mentioned it in chat today, the new bounties, they all have coins for just the new mercenaries. So Good. take your pick, whatever you enjoy. If you don't have any of those mercs maxed out yet, or only one of two of them maxed out, do whatever you want, like just whatever you're having the most fun with or whatever's the fastest for the team you like, you know, free reign or whatever has the, the coins that you want to get those characters leveled up first. I, I think it's really great. And uh, another topic kind of worth touching on here is there were some RNG bounties in this one, uh, namely Babbling Book, uh, Yogg-Saron. There was one more. Uh, maybe chat knows it here. But there were there were a few bounties. Oh, I think it was Silas, where he like swaps around stuff on the board or something like that. And these were very RNG heavy bounties, most specifically the Babbling Book and Yogg, because it would spin the wheel of Yogg. Babbling Book made everyone do something fun. So crazy amount of randomness there. And I know uh, Old Guardian did a video talking about why he really didn't like those bounties. But I found it really interesting because as someone who normally isn't very into PvE, those are actually some of my favorite bounties of this drop. Because we got a lot of bounties. We got 19 bounties. Yeah. And I'll preface this by saying I do not want every bounty in Mercenaries to be like these fights. Like, it would be quite annoying if that were the case. But when only like two or three out of like almost 20 bounties have just like a bit more RNG silliness to them, I found it a lot of fun. I was actually paying attention in that babbling book fight while I was farming it, which I almost never do. Uh, like, I'm always just... I, like, it was fun to watch, like, all the silly, stupid stuff that, like, happened, because, like, it was different every time, and I didn't know what was going to happen. And even when I lost because of it, I wasn't even mad. Like, I was just like, oh, that's, that's kind of funny. Like, <laughs> I mean, obviously, not everyone's going to feel that that way, but... It felt very thematic for me uh, that right. these were the characters they chose to do it with, especially Babbling Book and Yogg. Those are so RNG-focused characters in the Hearthstone kind of lore, the WoW lore, that it just felt very thematic, and I enjoyed that, and I liked seeing the different outcomes. I think, to me, one of the reasons I find PvE often gets boring is because uh, we're doing the same thing over and over again, and there's not really much variety to that. It's it's all just kind of uh, repetition to get the thing you need, and I want you know more variety. I want more challenge. That's why roguelikes are often successful 
is because you can play them for tens, hundreds of hours, and no two runs are exactly the same. You have a different experience. You can pick the same character, but you're going to go down a different path. You're going to fight different enemies. You're going to get different items. That's what makes the genre so strong and so replayable. And that's something Mercenaries, in my opinion, has been kind of lacking for a while. Like, yeah, they have some elements that are like that a bit with the treasures and, and whatnot. But it's been it's very light on those compared to other big roguelike games and it's why if someone asked me if i would recommend this to them as a roguelike i'd probably say no <laughs> not at all I'd go play slay the spire or, or one of like 15 other good roguelikes um because i don't get the enjoyment i get from playing a roguelike from playing mercenaries pv and that's fine if that wasn't what they were kind of claiming the game is trying to be when they first advertised it because that's that's what they said is Hearthstone Mercenaries is Hearthstone's take on a roguelike PvE experience. And I I just am not seeing that to its full like yeah. the elements are there. It's just it's not r- realizing the things that makes those games in that genre so strong and so infinitely replayable. Like if if I had reason if I was having fun infinitely replaying these bosses because it was different and interesting each time, I would probably still be playing PVE even with having all my characters maxed out. And that's my hope for what the end game is going to be, is it's going to tap into that and say, hey, here is a, you know, potentially infinitely replayable experience where things are gonna be different every time. And there's a lot of PvE content now to where they can probably more easily do procedurally generated endless dungeons or something like that where things get harder and harder. So you have to actually, you know, power up your characters with this new resource and see how far you can go. Like, just just steal it from Diablo. It's the same company. <laughs> like, I love <laughs> I grinding saying, Diablo. Yeah. Like, it's so much fun to me. Like, just you, you're you're progressing your character more and you're seeing how far you can push and it gets more challenging and interesting and I want that to be a mercenaries. I want to have in more enjoyment doing PvP or PvE once I'm maxed out with all my characters. Like I it'd be great just for the game. It would be great from a content perspective as well. Uh it would just be a very much uh much needed improvement to a flawed PvE system in its current state. So that's that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Uh for the end game system is like and th- these things are so popular in in other roguelikes and roguelikes are a huge genre like it would not surprise me if there's a very large overlap in in people who enjoy games like Hearthstone or magic or other strategy games enjoying roguelikes it's just it's a it's a very appealing thing and i think they could really hook a lot of people into it if they made the pv experience more like that now i don't know if it's realistic to hope that pve in its base form is ever going to evolve to that because that would require a huge amount of reworking things and whatnot and it's kind of hard to justify doing stuff like that when it's more profitable to just make new content right this is like just pump out some more bounties pump out some new mercenaries you're not i mean you could make money off of it it's possible but it's a lot harder to justify the amount of work that would take so i'm hoping Endgame kind of satisfies that. 
I think honestly, even just hearing it in a vacuum again, where you're, where we're saying like, oh, we just got like 19 bounties. Like that number for the first time is really striking me as like, okay, give them the, turn the, dump the bucket over, right? Like shake out the bucket because we're going to this next thing. Like the 19 is such like an unhinged number to the release ton. of like individual again, like they're, and they're all so very similar to the point where like kind of, again, to borrow your language in that sense, like they could probably just procedurally generate what every bounty is now to the point that I think the real hopium would be that the PVE mode is going to be so different from bounties that, but has been so delayed, if anything, the core delay of the entire game that they've just slow rolled bounties over a year, essentially pretending that that's the PVE game, like element of the game, when in reality it's very not. And they hit us with the real PVE and it's totally different and it somehow simulates that Battlegrounds start of run, that Slay the Spire start of run, no input cost, just run it, it's different. It's fun. Go crazy. And that that's what the PVE system looks like. And instead, you just get an incentive to play bounties and have your PVP comp because you can use that resource here. But it's totally different. I think that to me is like the ultimate hopium where the delay is actually this mode. It's something completely unlike what we're expecting. And the bounties have just been filler. I think that would, to me, kind of round and resolve everything up for me. So yeah, I think that's where my new hopium kind of stores sit. I think there is uh, definitely a lot of copium with that hopium, but you know, I I would love to see something like that as well. Um, from their prior wording, I don't think that's what we're going to get. Mainly because it sounds like the the end game is really going to be focused around, hey, leveling up your characters was why you were doing a lot of these bounties. Now you've got them all leveled up. Well, now you can actually put them to the test and have challenging content. Because once you have most of your characters leveled up, or even just a good team or two, a lot of these fights aren't very challenging. I mean, some of the heroics, sure. And I do really love the uh, the boss designs. I think, like, generally, you can probably procedurally generate a lot of the fights up to the boss. And I think that's one of the big problems with PvE as a whole, is it's just, it's it's kind of boring. Because you're not really thinking about what you have to do to get to these bosses. like. If you just made the PvE content just fighting the bosses, I think a lot more people would probably like it. <laughs> if you just didn't have to bosses, go... Yeah. yeah, like, a lot of these yeah. other roguelikes have boss rush modes where you can do that. You can just say, like, screw the stuff in between, I'm just gonna fight boss after boss after boss. I think some people would really enjoy that because I don't think a ton of people enjoy all the filler fights leading up to the boss. Like, it's just... Most of the time, sure, there are encounters, especially in heroic sometimes where you have to think about it. But overall, like when I'm farming, I'm I'm not looking at what the the fights leading up to the boss are a lot of the time. I'm just instinctually clicking the buttons that I know blow everything up and I'm yeah. not even paying attention to whether my opponent is Edwin or Nefarian or it doesn't matter <laughs> like most of the time uh, because they just die instantly. And Maybe not. that's not the experience, you know, when you're still leveling up your characters, but once you get, you know, one team leveled up, it's kind of the experience it is, and that's a very common complaint I've heard from people who've tried to get back into the mode, is, like, they just can't handle how long it takes to get through bounties. Um, it, it's just, it, and there's no, it'd be different, I don't think the length would be a problem if people felt like they were being challenged. 
right? Like if they actually, because then it wouldn't feel like I'm just auto clicking and doing this. It would be like, oh, I actually have to think, you know, I'm up against Murlocs here and they have damage resistance or, or whatever. Uh, or they're, they're scaling more attacks, so I'll have to put up a taunt. If people actually had to make those decisions more often, probably would like the PvE more. Um, I think then I think they would just like the PvP at that point, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think at that point, I, I that's why I feel like it needs to be almost different than just fancy bounties. Like, I, I truly struggle to think of how you can do fancier bounties in any meaningful way that will actually satisfy, like, the, the group, the company of players at large, right? Like, because you can't mm -hmm. just scale the numbers in, even if, even like a, an ascension level kind of thing, like, you can't just keep adding numbers to things. Because that doesn't, at a certain point, it's not like skill based that you're beating it. You're just like, oh, the number's too big. I just lose. And so that mm -hmm. doesn't feel fun. That, that's why another reason why I kind of feel like it could be or should be this kind of take on a, like, again, Battlegrounds is just what I keep going to, of like how you need your PvE mode to be, where it's, you don't know what the game is going to be like. You just click play and you have a choice. And your choice is the fun part right at the beginning. And then you start making choices. Yeah. No, I think there's Bounties a good are argument bad. for that. For sure, like it. I think that's something Mercs could use in general. And I yeah. mean, we've been asking for that for PvP for a long time. Just like let people try it. If you let people try it without yeah. the actual yeah. investment, you're gonna hook a lot more people into the the gameplay loop. But you can't hook people into the what I see as the most fun part of the game when they have to spend tens plus hours just doing something that a lot of people just aren't that into like it's uh, and like hearthstone as a game is a multiplayer game like yeah there have been single player stuff and that's great and i'm glad we have it like i don't mind that it exists but i think the fact that we have locked what most players for the general hearthstone game are used to experiencing multiplayer uh the full multiplayer experience at least the fact that that's locked behind a pve experience whether you want it to be or not has hurt the game in the long term and just giving that that battlegrounds ability of hey i'm just gonna press mercenaries and press play and i'm gonna learn and i'm gonna see what happens would be such a, a huge boon to the mode and i'm sure some people get that experience out of pve uh, there's a reason why a lot of people do play it but i'm not one of those people <laughs> and a lot of us here aren't those people like that's why i've formed you know my community around the the pvp stuff first because that's what has always been appealing to me for the game that's why i got into the game i didn't care when i mean i didn't even pre-order uh the the mercenary stuff because i saw the pve gameplay and frankly I wasn't very impressed it didn't look that interesting to me and i played it on launch and i was like oh okay sure but again i just didn't it didn't really click with me as something that i just wanted to do uh i mean maybe going through it for the story or something casually was fine but i wasn't gonna grind it to max out all these characters like i just the incentive didn't exist for me and then i saw some people play pvp and i was like oh shit this is awesome like this this is up my alley this is kind of what i want to do now i just have to suffer through you know 100 hours of grinding to get there <laughs> or whatever it is right uh so 
Uh, I mean, we've talked about that a lot before, but it's it bears it's worth repeating, right? Like that is something they should strive for at some point. I mean, they've already you know done something that I gave up hope on them ever doing in announcing a coin exchange. So who knows, right? Yeah. You never know. Um, Scott, I mean, that has always been my dying breath about this game mode. Is just like it is truly only a matter of time because the, the, you don't have to do anything. It's simply a matter of like you're looking at a switchboard. You can just make some of the red lights green and the game is just awesome. When and how and will they decide to do that essentially? Unclear. And what more do they take and decide to add to it? Unclear. But I've always seen Mercenaries as a game where like for every dollar that Blizzard wants to spend on the game mode, it will come back like five and tenfold, like very easily. And it's just a matter of convincing Blizzard to themselves that it's worth doing. And yeah. it sucks that they kind of like beefed the beginning. So it's harder internally to even convince themselves, I'm sure now, which is unlucky. But uh, yeah, I see this game as just such an amazing skeleton. And so that that's why I've been wanting to like hang on to the story for so long in that sense. Mm-hmm. And like to truly kind of wait it out. Because uh, imagine if they just started from day one and it was just like, PvP, everything was unlocked. Everyone can beta it or whatever for six months. Would have been totally different. Like, holy moly, it would have been awesome. So it would have been, yeah. I, I think, I think they really, really shot themselves in the foot. The the way the game ended up releasing, and the the marketing and the the pre-orders, and it it did a lot of damage. That some of that damage is going to be hard to to undo. Frankly, um, I mean, they've made improvements and. There are other improvements coming, and those are great, uh, but uh, I don't think it should be uh, understated, the uh, the damage that launch kind of did. And one of the conclusions of one of the things I'm putting together for the, the anniversary next week is, well, it's been a year. We're almost where it should have been at launch now. <laughs> and I was, and you can go back to our early podcasts and my early PvP stuff, and you can see I was a lot more frustrated about it then than I am now. And that's because I've come to the acceptance stage of what this is. <laughs> it, it's it, It's been essentially a beta in all but name. Battlegrounds had the beta title for how long before they took it off? Well, they, they didn't give Mercenaries the beta tag because they were asking people to pony up $30, $50, for pre-orders. But that's what it was. It, it was a beta. It, the game needed another year in the oven. And the more we've seen stuff change and the more we see the stuff on the horizon, the more I'm convinced that the game would have had much greater initial success, potentially much better long-term profitability, if they just waited another year and launched it with pretty much everything we have now, plus the excess coin fix and whatnot. And then having PVN game only be, what, it's, it's October, maybe like four months away from launch? That's a lot more appealing than a year and four months. <laughs> so, like, the fact that we even had to wait a year, over a year, for the issue of excess coins to be properly addressed and dealt with, like, that's not really acceptable from a company of this size to me. Like, it just, like, it, at least not if you're launching what is supposed to be a you know, a 1.0, like a, 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 a relatively finished first version of a product. Like, that that's something, hey, we're early access, and we'll get there when we get there, is kind of what it felt like. And yeah. so, I mean... 
QA testing in that sense, like the, that too. The, the 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 world at large certainly like turboed. I mean, to a certain extent, if they if they released it now, they would have had to still end up doing like six months of randomness essentially for us to figure out the things that took us a year this time instead because like so many things were kind of filtered through the community and even realizing the community cared to then kind of juice up the team supposedly uh so it's i i almost wonder if they were like thankful to just let it rip and let everybody limit testings for a year while stuff was being fixed because i wonder if this is just like the the only way it was going to get shipped was like then brace themselves and then just get through it for a year i'm not sure i think the big thing is a lot of time and resources had been put into the mode and the the people in charge of managing you know where the the effort and the money goes uh couldn't they they weren't willing to justify hey this is actually taking longer than we need like before we can actually make a return on this investment you just got to get it out now, whether it's ready or not. I mean, we already know it was delayed more than once. Um, so the it, to me, it's just like super clear the way I see it. it mm-hmm. It's they they wanted a return on this investment and that return on the investment would also justify future development costs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't want to wait, have to wait a whole another year for that. The uh, it's also part of just being part of a bigger company overall. Maybe they needed something to help pad out those Q4 sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they they need something to ho- help hold them over until they launched the the Diablo 2 remaster in a couple months, or they needed something to to bolster those sales. And so instead of waiting, like they probably should have, they said, "All right, we're shipping it." And we're gonna really hype people up in our marketing to to get them to buy these expensive pre-orders, uh, which is basically, I mean, it was almost like getting people yeah. to pre-order for, from a new Hearthstone set, which is a ton of money. They've talked about how and pre-ordering for constructed is like what makes them all their money, or a lot of their money, is the constructed pre-orders, and that's kind of what they do with this. But they like a lot of the times the people in those who making those decisions are viewing things in the short term rather than the long term Um, because sometimes those people aren't there in the long term sometimes it could be a totally different person and uh speaking of different people you know stuff could be changing because hearthstone is currently without a uh a game director lead person thing that's probably not the right title but i'm sure most of you know what i mean by that because xr left kind of recently he's he's moving to uh He's going to be involved with, I think, League of Legends now. Uh, So good for him. But this could be awesome, and this could be terrible. We don't really know, but I'm going to hope that whoever the new lead ends up being, I'm hopeful that they're going to be more involved and more see more of the potential of mercenaries. As at least my impression was, I never... Like, I asked questions about it in some of the AMAs and stuff, and I never really got the feeling that uh, he was very involved with the mode. Now, that could be totally wrong. I'm, you know, not a a person who works there, so I have no idea. Uh, And I'm not deeply familiar with uh, the the different positions in game development. and So, who knows? But uh, it could be a really good thing, because maybe... A new person comes in and sees, hey, there's a lot of potential. 
for getting more players to play this, making more money off this, let's put more development resources into it. Or, I mean, the opposite could happen. <laughs> they could say, hey, we're putting a lot of resources into this and it's not justifying its cost. So, uh, not, uh, and he wasn't even in the position that long, right? That's also worth kind of mentioning. Um, uh, well, they, they did say they made quite a, a bundle off of mercenaries. At least that was what the last director said. Uh, shortly before he left, he said they they mercenaries exceeded their financial expectations, at least uh, after it launched. We don't really know much in the long term about if it has continued to make them a bunch of money or not. Uh, they haven't really talked about it very much, but at least the initial launch stuff, they did say it exceeded what they were expecting uh, mode to perform, at least in terms of making money. Um yeah, whole lot, whole lot there. Uh, I do think I want to move on to our kind of last section of the uh, yeah. the show. Uh, give us some time to do this. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna play some PvP because we have all of these. I mean, I I maxed out all this stuff, so got the full collection again. Yeah, and now we can lend stuff. So that means that I can lend Mole who here whatever his heart desires to test and try out. Um, and I have some stuff I want to try out as well. I'm going to throw one together. Uh, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to do some, some PVP to, uh, to close out the episode here. Jeez, yeah, I don't even know where to start in terms of something, but I mean, definitely I'll, you can full send, we can full share the thing. I'm sure that even after playing like a game, I'm going to be like, oh, okay. I want to be able to do this guy and this guy together. This combo seems faster with that one. I like that full modern deck, the new only uh, only new cards deck. Yeah, right. It's... I'm I'm putting uh I'm putting the demon comp I saw earlier together. Let's see, it was Archimund, Deathwing, Nero, Daraxis, Kurtris, Gul'dan. No greens. Which is kind of crazy, but I love yeah, I was it. Say, what's the chat? What are we what's the best thing for us to mess around with here? If we've if we've got everything. If we've got everything. Yeah, is there anything we chat want wants to see? Purchase. Yeah. So here, I'll, I'll uh, let me swap over the overlay. Definitely some some arcane stuff sounds fun. Yeah. So I have. So here, here, uh, here. I'll uh, I'll send you a challenge, and if you want to just like look through what I have, and then we can add stuff if there's anything. Oh, sure. uh, I get to see them when you. Share yeah, them. you can take a look. Oh, do you want to challenge me? Since I yeah, think you have that quest, right? <laughs> Value. Ching. I'm pretty sure all my comps are new stuff. Juicy. Okay. And if you click on, if you click on it, you can see like which has oh, the cool. equipment. Yeah. And if you like, click on the character, it'll show you like what equipments they have. Ooh, actually, it's not showing me the equipments. 
Oh, really? Like, if you click it and then click, like, the character, it doesn't, uh... Oh, maybe I have to choose. Not from, like, the out the external overlay thing. Maybe if I hit choose, it'll let me go in. Let me see. If you click it, you can't click it on, like, the, the right side above choose. Maybe it's no. just because, uh, maybe that's how borrowing works. Yeah, weird. Most of these decks are pretty good, though. Um, yeah, I've had success good. with pretty much all of them. Playing two of these tonight. The Arcane one, I think, I can be really box. cool. Yeah, what is, what is the... So that that one, tr you're, uh, you're using Trigor purely defensively. So huh. they have to target your Trigor, and they kind of have to leave Blink Fox and Khadgar alone. So you get to transform Khadgar, and then you start getting uh, Blink Fox mana blinks, and he's uh, just, Blink Fox just deals a lot of damage. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm, I'm into some Blink Fox shenanigans here for sure. Let's see, oh, a, a mono blue, mono blue sounds kind of hype too. You get like Maestra. Maestra is pretty nuts with the uh, the Medivh buff too. Yeah, was, yeah, that's what I say. Yeah, like if it was like Medivh, and then Maestra, Sky Admiral. Yeah, so that was in Master Puppet's original build. There were no greens in this. He had uh, Maestra, Cookie, oh, and yeah. Maestra, Cookie, and Rogers on the bench. But I, I was changing things up a little bit to try out something new. Oh yeah, that sounds like we could find better five blue guys to do a funky. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Like, there's some some very interesting combinations you can do here. I think I'm gonna try the demons. I haven't played the demons yet. It was cool playing against them earlier. Oh, Iran, I can go on that one. Yeah, that's interesting too. Iran is really sick. Iran really? is really really cool. I like her a lot. The fact that she can bounce every turn and like reapply good battle cries is like very strong. And like it's good on its own, but when you have at least one other night elf, and the night elf one has a bunch or demon, like you just stacks up pretty quick because her thing gives plus two fell arcane and nature damage, and you get plus one more for each other night That's elf or demon. Crazy, Malfurion, and this is a spicy one. Holy yeah, <laughs> he was actually pretty good in it. All right, let's let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh yeah, I don't have a Garona comp, but I could put one together. It's so hard to to try them all. There's so many ideas. Is there a way to... Do, can Garona start as a caster in any way, or is it only like an ETB kind of thing? Um, I don't think so. You can start as a neutral. I don't think she can start as a caster. Oh god, I love the, the Deathwing lion animation. It's so sick. Oh, the diamond death making, right? Oh, uh, this is funny. This is literally... So, the comp you're playing was what I was playing on stream a bunch today, and I ran into what I'm playing now. Now, because I was really cool, though. Oh, I should get the deck tracker up, too. Mm. 
a Deathwing Diamond is so sick. Interesting, interesting. That's right, so she did so I don't think it was a way to come oh my god, that's massive. A lot of damage. Nasty, huh? Nasty is disgusting. <laughs> nasty, huh? Fifteen is so cringe for this uh, blizzard here. Fourteen is not fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta transform him if you want that extra spell damage. Oh, but that's perfect. Okay, so maybe we do this. Now. Also, so awkward. I wonder if it's worth doing. Oh. I also don't know if this works here, but we're gonna rip it. Only one way to find out. Uh, yeah, it said that. Yeah, the Khadgar numbers are crazy. Yeah, Khadgar is ridiculous. Okay, so that one's always going to happen first. Though. Okay. Pop, pop. Monkey-ish fireball. Let me take this. So these demons deal quite a lot of da damage. Yeah, holy moly. AoE deal 12 and then the stacking fell damage. So you can you act oh only enemy dragon summon. Okay, okay. I was gonna say, holy moly, it's so much uh okay. You're cheeky. Um the the Deathwing stealing a dragon. I was like, this doesn't steal real dragons, does it? No, uh just summons, just summons. Also, what's hilarious, and I wish they would change this, but I don't think they're going to. If you, when when a Nefarian summons a dragon, it comes to your side and it still punches whatever Nefarian swung into. Ah. That's bizarre. So, like, it can still double attack like that. Yeah, it's because of it's weird. It's how like the targeting works. So you might notice on Ysera, her discover is actually different than. Not only can it not bounce, so that's a downside, but. It's speed up, speeds up your whole side. So it's actually a lot better than we initially thought. Yeah, it speeds up your whole side that turn. So it's kind of like, uh, kind of like Karen. Wait, which part of the, 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 the second Emerald discover? Dream? Yeah, Emerald, Emerald oh, Oracle. Uh, let's see. I need to decide. I guess I will just do this. Nah, you're saying Emerald Oracle is an endurance aura? Yeah. <laughs> what? It says A. Uh, yeah, it so the wording on the initial one is wrong, but when you click the discover or you click the choose one, it has the proper wording. That's not It probably someone was theorizing it got changed near the uh the end. No Passive. Rip. Oh, that's a big AoE. I forgot it wouldn't go off at the end of turn if I did it that way. That's all right. It's fine. We will do this. My quest, my revenge, it all ends here. 
Oh, he has an animation. That's cool. I wonder if that's new. Here comes Mr. Bane. Wow, your Merc speed? That's... Yeah. So, But but he... unfortunately, you can't bounce the enemies anymore. Right? Yeah, so... you can only bounce your own yeah. stuff. Wow. The DH quest word, I didn't That's know that. Weird that it's so much better and so much worse than we thought. Yeah, I think it balances out. I also think bouncing an enemy Merc would have got really fucking annoying, <laughs> even though I, I like the idea of it. Yeah, I mean... It would have been. It, it would have been cool, but I'm happy the the speed up because you can like five speed Bane AOE, which is kind of disgusting. Yeah, no, I mean that that's that's pretty juicy. I hear it's unfortunately not too great, but it's just what a weird ability. Yeah, it it's very strong. It's. It's a very interesting ability. Huh. Like, look at all that fell laser damage. Big laser beam. Oh, you bounced him. Oh, that. Wait, what? Oh, did I just literally click? I, the... I think you clicked the wrong one. <laughs> I don't even think that. So that's weird. I think it. Uh, I mean, obviously, upon. Um, I, I thought that I had picked and canceled it, and then retargeted him with it, but I don't remember retargeting with the. So both of them target. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Well, that's. It's okay. <laughs> it, it, these things happen. It feels, it feels a little. Uh, feels a little medium. I guess I do this. Being able to pick up the grounding totem is cool, though, with the with the Acera pickup like that. Yeah, it is very cool. Like, can we get a Bane Bonsamdi? Medivh, Ysera, we got double nature that way. Maybe we get a long shin in there somehow. We got Gul'dan coming out. The biggest Gul'dan bonus spell damage you've ever seen. Now spectating should be on. Looks like it is. Alright, so we get... Oh, it's it's still kind of still kind of scary oh that could be kind of cool oh he's not a demon though I think the Malchus are reset as well Might not be able to get through this healing. <laughs> right, this chain heal is about to go. Chain heal is really good. Why did that not do extra damage against the protector? Am I stupid? Oh. No, it, so it doesn't deal extra damage. The protector takes ten. Oh, it just takes ten more from other sources. Weird, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Interesting reading attack. I have no nature combos with the other thing. I mean. Oh, this isn't fell either. Yikes. That's concerning. Oh, screw it. 
it counterspells it? Okay, okay, it still happens. Yeah, it still happens. <laughs> I was like, damn, that, that would be so sick. Oh no, I didn't attack. I think, I think you're Oh no, you attacked. <laughs> that was still kind of close, though. Alright, obviously, wild, wild misclick, but now, wow, I never would have expected the Acera to be that different. So many characters are a lot different than the, uh, the patch notes text. The big way. ones are Ysera, and the patch notes didn't tell us about Cadgar. Cadgar yeah, is kind of crazy. crazy. One of those the Medivh one. No, it was Cadgar. Cadgar's the transform. Right, but wait, so what about- oh, right, because it had- where it had the extra- Yeah, like, the patch notes didn't have his transformed abilities, I think. Or he was in the actual patch notes, I'm not sure. Maybe it was the reveal that didn't have them. Something didn't have them. Because we didn't know, initially. I think it- maybe it was the reveal then. Because it all came out, like, the same day. Yeah, that's right, it was in the patch notes, but it wasn't in the reveal. There are a few other things like that. Like, we didn't know Gen turned into a fighter. Yep. <laughs> this is one of the comps I really like. Um, yeah, we'll just full open it. Getting a little spicy over here, too. This, I do see a world where this, uh... This comp could get a little tweaky. Well, that's a lot of red guys, I love it. It's true. Oh, does that work? Alright, we're limit testing. I don't know if that does anything. But we're gonna find out. I think I want it like this. We shall... Uh, I guess it's not. It's not neat enough. Yeah, I don't remember who it was, but I saw someone playing that arcane build on ladder today, and I thought it was really neat. This this arcane one? Yeah. So do you know if Blink Fox? So I hit the arcane. Uh, or like the Hearthfire thing on my Blink Fox roll, would that have upgraded my other Cadgar's? I don't know, surge? actually. I do not know how that interaction works. And you shifted to... Blue. Blue at... Because of the item. Oh, because just, just your item says whenever you deal damage, you roll swap the thing. Yes, cool. yep. But after you deal damage, right? Yeah. So you don't get the crit guaranteed or anything. Yeah, you can steal his upgraded abilities too. This seems like such a goofy amount of stat stacking like this. That's I, I guess I see that why that's a cool way to use Trigor to get benefits off of the hearth fires like that. Yeah. I can I can, I can get behind that. This is going to be kind of silly, but I'm going to do it anyway. It does not seem that hard to cast 12 unique ones like that. Have we? Did we learn anything else about the... Uh, oh, it's thing? it's not that hard, actually. Like yeah. I've, I've done it a few times. Uh -oh. Also, Tess is the new Trigor now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Blue Trigor. Uh, holy, that's so loud. Did we... We both transformed. 
You're both united for now. Huh. Okay. The Archmage abilities make sense to seal, but the normal abilities do code that probably shouldn't be run on other characters. That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it doesn't upgrade, because uh, I've done that. I've used his abilities before, but most of the time by... Because I've done it with, like, Tess stealing abilities. Um, most of the time, by that hap by the time that happens, Khadgar's already upgraded. Because you just run one of his equipment, and you only need to use, uh... You only need to use two abilities, which is kind of ridiculous. Like, that's, like, nothing. Oh, yeah, we can do... Yeah, these are so different. Uh... That worked. I have no idea if that works. Only one way to find out. Job's done. I've had a lot of fun. Uh, with Gan and Tess. Kagar's nuts. Kagar's <laughs> actually crazy. Oh, it it trigored again. So she just keeps that forever? No, so the first one until then. I got it in two different ways. So my first ability, I hit you with a thing, and then it stole Trigors randomly. And the other one I discovered and Trigor is one of the three options. Powerful. Oh, oh okay, that's what that discover was there. Okay. Yeah. It was the discover. The only downside about this version of Arcane is Longjin doesn't get as big. Yeah, that that really is not big at all. I think the the big combo is uh, if you can keep your Cadgar alive, uh, you can just Blink Fox, reduce mm -hmm. the the cooldown, and then start doing some silly things. But Longjin is isn't as much of a hard carry in, in that version. Yeah. That's um, here. This also is not the move. Make this. This. Very noticeably, like, even just going between, like, six months ago and now, the biggest difference, I would say, is this idea of, like, the color swapping being... Color swapping so Maestra cool. and... Cadgar, or by, like, not Cadgar, but like Tess and Gen and Maestra, and so many different mercs like that. That's that's probably yeah. the one biggest, most striking difference, I would say. I absolutely love the the color swapping. I think it's so cool. It adds such an interesting level of depth to the design. Yeah, that that alone, like, really just blows up so much of having to again a weirdly unfortunately kind of punishes the uh no deck tracker energy where like it's yet another thing that you have to be to like track yeah Oof. i have to look at this thing too i mean just you really just have to pay attention really aggressively when you play this game it seems like more than anything there's yeah there's a lot of paying attention now <laughs> like and there already was a shit ton but yeah Yeah, this patch definitely gives that kind of feeling of uh, 
like switching in Pokemon. Like it, and it it adds a level of depth to benches that really wasn't there before. Yeah. Like you could have a plan for your bench, but your opponent could always limit that plan. Uh, a big thing we've seen this with is the Frost Valera decks, where those are kind of reliant on getting Valera and then one of your Frost units like Belinda or Varden in with Valera for the speed up, because the speed up is what makes them busted. And if your opponent just doesn't let you get those like double swap ins, that whole comp just completely falls apart. And there are a lot of comps like that, like the the Longjin Arcane comp. Like if you don't get Longjin and Tyronda in at the same time, they're both a lot worse than they would be otherwise. Um, so it's it's really quite interesting. Uh, I think it adds such a more interesting level to the gameplay. I'm oh, a for big, sure. big yeah. fan. It's just the fact that it doesn't. It, it just it literally almost doubles everything that we used to have to do like that that's such an enormous enormous jump I and mean, like we were saying where it was the uh it feels like we got so many more than so many more mercs than before when we in fact got even fewer than we yeah. normally did and it's yeah it's just it's rapidly rapidly multiplying but not in a way that truly feels power creepy honestly like it just feels like complexity diversifying not necessarily like the power level is too much so that's been good even like the cadgar and stuff like it seems strong but not just busted yeah uh, i think i think it's finding a pretty good happy medium to an extent he's um setting arana's attack here is actually hella annoying <laughs> We'll do this. Why does it say that Blizzard is? Oh, just because I, I we have the equipment that makes it. Rude. Yeah, so it starts off of uh, it refreshes one at the start. Interesting. Oh, I forgot that. Big laser root. beam over the top. Oh, that was a mistake. Seven isn't less than seven. True. That's that's math. Wow. Check your weapons. Just doesn't even have a cooldown. That is kind of a lot for just like a relatively fast laser beam like that. Yeah. It's just like it goes around things. Hmm. It's pretty good. What a weird meme direction to take the Malkazar. Design. Yeah, I never would like have the predicted party the way <laughs> the way he went, but I really love it. <laughs> it's cute. It's quite funny. Get some good skins to go with it, I think, too, right? Actually, the chess piece one is cool. The though. chess piece, he's got a chess piece. He has the one where he's doing like a, a JoJo pose. It's kind of <laughs> hilarious. He has really good skins. I'm a fan. Both get a swap. And these aren't necessarily the monkey Elises, right? These are the ones that are going like a lot later. Yeah, like the monkey's kind of a backup. Yeah, I like the direction with Alcazar. It's been fun. This.
And I guess I like wasn't getting the my the honestly I, I really like the idea of building a Maestra deck that really gets to decide when they want to trigger her. Like like with this, the Elise was theoretically I could have given taken out my Maestra a long time ago, but there's gotta be a really cool way to build. <laughs> That's so much damage. Yeah, Sarah's kind of nuts. Sarah's way better than I thought she was, admittedly. Uh, she just sings. <laughs> yeah, I love the I love the Arana singing. It's it's quite funny. And one of the reasons why the comp you're playing, I think, is so powerful is because it's hard to focus all the threats, like. If I'm focusing Cadgar, I can't mm. kill the Elise. And uh it's actually AFK singing. That's 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 a fun fact. I didn't know that. Ooh, what do we do here? This is scary. Well, I just actively been punk punting my monkey steps too. She, she Elise has two different Leveling up abilities? Weird. Uh, oh, oh, for the monkey? Yeah. No, or just like the, the far right, like boulder into etc. or those like loop through. But the guiding path, or does guiding path just always, no matter what, advances the monkey? It always advances at one step guard. and heals. Yeah, this is cringe, but I think you're you're pretty far ahead. This was one of my first brews. I'm not sure if it'll have much long-term staying power, but it's it's damn fun to play when it works. Oh, the big area, chunky. But Ricochet had a, like a crazy run with the deck you're playing. He made that one, and he yeah, he won sweet. like. I think he told me he went like 18 and 3 or something. Like, he absolutely destroyed people. And I see why. I was playing it earlier and I was I was very impressed with how well it performed. Does this work the way I want it to? Or is this just a complete fuck up? Um, oof. I think I'm going to get rolled here. Pray for the Reno death rattle. <laughs> oh, I do have mouth healing. I forgot about that. Look at that Elise. Elise just got gigantic. Yeah, she's massive. Oh, that's. <laughs> so, it does. It does hit your own guys for the spell damage. Yeah. That's that's funny. I've I've yet to see that one. I'm still probably gonna die. Holy gee. Yeah, I feel. I do feel favored here. <laughs> just a little. And you didn't even have to get the Maestra switch in. Still had all these. Oh, the apparently the music notes effects had the sound tied to it. That's that's a fun fact. Did I shoot myself? Oh, just from the fell weakness thing. Yeah, it's the fell weakness.
it's a very cool town, though. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Ysera has been very impressive in it. Yeah, she's been kind of cranking. And I'm, like, really happy that she's, like, good in something outside of dragons. I thought she'd be fine in dragons, and she probably is. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact that I haven't... I haven't really cast this verdant thing at all, or, like, the actual, like, verdant breath healing at all. Um, yeah, you don't really need to in, in this build, honestly. I mean, obviously, she doesn't really heal a, another dragon at any point, but... Yeah, you just go bounce back. Yeah, I can't believe that that other ability is just so much different than what we expected. But the, yeah, the, yeah, you really don't need very the different at all with her. Oh wow, that's crazy! The same voice actress as AFK and Tess Grayman. I never would have guessed that either. That that's some range. Let's see. now I get off. Off one yet. One of my favorites. Hopefully, it's not the mirror. It'd be funny if he did get a mirror. It's gonna be a belligerent mirror if it's the mirror. <laughs> well, that makes me feel like it might be. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> it do be looking miracle. Uh oh, so this is a testament to not knowing how the mirror goes. Let's see. Listen to oh, it's the mirror. Holy <laughs> this mirror is really funny. <laughs> yeah. This does not even get there. It seems like this is just the most degen. It's a really silly mirror. Let's see if I can like intuitively figure out like an angle to work it without really having. That would be funny if we got an AFK mirror. Wonder how that would even work. Just your 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 abilities are on cooldown for one turn. <laughs> but they do something really strong. Alright, uh not even sure best course of uh here. It's probably DS. Question mark. I've played the summon mirror before, but never a full-on, like, the two comps were exactly the same. I'm just gonna get a little weird. I need to go for this other one. Or did neither of us bounce? That's hilarious. Oh. <laughs> Both thought the other one was gonna bounce. I have not put one soundy between two boggies and used deal of vanity. <laughs> that actually sounds pretty funny. Just that like is, make that is powerful, actually, yeah. I dig it. What if this Yulon is just Khadgar? Khadgar is probably like correct, but I think you put in Khadgar over Medivh instead of Khadgar over Yulon. Oh, uh, no, I can see that. I don't think the stats for Medivh are actually needed. No, it's just, yeah, it's just like if you wanted to have 
it's almost like if you could figure out if you wanted somehow your rotation to be like pump and then real spell pump and then real spell yeah. instead of Yulon just like spam healing every turn. Because Kagura is like another Yulon except actually has more damage. How the damage reduction on this boggy thing is crazy. Oh, you think it's crazy now? Wait till you see when the second one pops up. <laughs> Kind of interesting though, in the mirror here, uh, like I think you get an advantage by not being the one to bounce. Just because I can like now use my once on D again, essentially, if I wanted to. Well, mainly because you were able to get more damage on my Nemzi. Right. Because yeah. you get the same advantage of a bounce that I get, except I had to burn a whole action to do that, whereas you got to do damage. Huh. But this is also where, uh... This comp could also just have three completely different Pokemon on my bench, and it would just be a completely different interesting deck, yep. too. It's crazy to think about the options there. Oh, wait. I ordered this not how I wanted to, <laughs> but the Boggies are protecting each other now, which is fine. I meant to do this differently, though. Yeah, this is going to get pretty silly, pretty fast. Yeah, holy boggy Batman. The boggy mirror. Does, does Bogonomics double pump boggy? It does, yeah. Of course it does. Why <laughs> it does double pump. Why wouldn't it? <laughs> the boggies get really, really big. I had a game where they were like 55, 105s. <laughs> Just absolutely I mean, the, the soft thing, literally what that heals me, I think, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will take that. So this is a big lesson about the mirror match here. The Nizoth Always bring out Nizoth when things get bounced, because if your opponent does it and you don't, uh, it gets a little stupid. <laughs> As you can see here by the three boggies. Uh, it's probably this. Yeah, I can put him between triple boggies. Even more protection. <laughs> if only. We're gonna we're gonna do the the vanity because it's a fun thing to do. Is this just a hard lock? Am I just like checkmated <laughs> already? The other fun thing is I could also two speed just blow these up right now for uh seventy it's damage without crit. It's because uh Gift of Nazoth refreshes too. Yeah, and even five is like honestly I thought it was higher than that. I'm not gonna do it though, because I wanna beat down with the boggies instead. I don't want them to explode. I mean I'm so unbelievably toast. Yeah, there are a lot of comps that, like, once you get the double boggy down, there's not a whole lot you can do. Yeah, <laughs> like, holy mo- like, yeah, what- what would you- 
especially when turn one, just like pick it up, the reset, and you put out, you have double Voggy, you have Nazoth and Cho and stuff, like, uh, decks seem... And they're just protecting tough. each other. Like, look yeah. at that. <laughs> 12 damage, Yulon to a, a green. It shows how, though, I was literally just saying, like, damn, my, my bench could have three completely different dudes in it. It really doesn't seem that impossible to have the C'Thun, like, just to have a C'Thun on your bench. And literally just go and, like, munching for, like, a tech sideboard card like that, kind of. You already have the Nazoth plus the C'Thun. Old God kind of synergy, potentially, if you wanted to hold on to the Nazoth. Yeah. And you need two hate cards, I guess, for the enemy boggies. But, huh, cool. It's, yeah, this comp is pretty nuts. Though, that this is another reason why Kaggar is really good in the mirror, because you can root their boggies every turn once he transforms. And the boggies are too slow to attack, so the only way you can actually get the value from them is blowing them up. But you're still getting value from them because they're protecting all your stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, these guys are... Uh, uh, I can't deal with these. <laughs> I don't think my deck has outs to... The big boy here. Like I'll just I'll do the I'll do the funny thing now. Right, cause that's damage. I'll click some buttons to let you blow me up. Thank you. This, year, this deck is giving me uh this deck is giving me some toxic vibes. <laughs> Look at <laughs> It definitely no, can be polarizing. Like, Holy like, munch city Batman. Like yeah. Boom. Explosion. Although now, to be fair, nobody has boggies. Boggies <laughs> are gone. No bogging allowed anymore. But yeah, you can see why the, the boggy stuff gets a little out of hand. And it happens so quick. Holy, holy. Yeah, and like the fact that it's just on turn two, you have double boggy and they're and like and they're monstrous. Like Ah. Cool. So in have you been playing this deck much at all on ladder in that yeah, sense? Yeah, I played a decent. Does it feel like there is a bad matchup? Oh yeah, like, you can, like, it's, it's not awesome. unbeatable. Um, Maestro can be kind of annoying for it, uh, but this farms some of the old comps like pretty hard. I think uh, the new troll, or sometimes uh, when opponents have good battle guys, it can be annoying. Mm. No, the sex seems like a crazy like best of three, or like you bring multiple decks kind of thing, like. You could yeah. definitely build this deck that has no overlaps with anything else, and this is just a cracked version of one of your three. I like that. It's very cool. I'm a big fan of how it like works. Yeah, it's so clean. I mean, again, we just, we didn't have combo decks for months and months and months, and now we have multiple different cool. Yeah, decks. it was all like the the combo is just bursting people or not letting them <laughs> act. Those are those were our combos, but now we have some like real like. Silly combos. It's funny though, because like if you send out, uh, you send out Nazoth at the same time I sent out mine, it gets really, really funny because I'm stealing your boggy and then you're stealing my boggy and then it messes with the positioning. It, it's... Oh, that's tricky. But it, but it, it seems like one of those things where it's like, 
you wish that like the positioning tweaking would actually make a big difference, but it's actually just so degen that like the seven extra damage doesn't. Yeah, it's it's like, weird. What, what, what determine the mirror here? Like the big I thing guess. that determines the mirror is one. You just need Nizoth. Like you. Yeah. You, oh yeah. Assume I assume I just played Nizoth on that thing, and then we like, start like. It's a whole attacking. different game if uh, if you your opponent gets Nizoth out and you don't. Yeah. Um, Kaggar also makes the mirror very different because he makes it so you can scale up your attack and health. He also is just a good ranged uh, attacker. He can lock down opposing summon comps because they can't attack. So then Nizoth is the only way. Like, It's it's pretty sweet. All right, you want to do one more? Yeah, let me see what's a funky... I'm going to try another... I'd say Maestro definitely intrigues me. Uh, let me let me see if there's another. I like this Ricochet deck. Ricochet deck's really good. Or, I was also like saying a thingies that ones have some. Yeah, I think there's a lot more skill level in some of the decision making now, which is really cool. Like some of the the most powerful comps were kind of autopilot, at least at least part of their game plan, right? Like Shadow's one of those deceptive ones where it felt like an autopilot comp, but there was actually a lot of depth to the later turns of Shadow. Like you can you can tell the difference between a good Shadow player and a bad Shadow player. But then like the Arcane Valera comp, like that one almost kind of plays itself a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, any uh, any initial impressions with your your first time with some of these new teams? These yeah, no, marks. I mean, I, I, like I said, I think the, the multicolor stuff is really crazy. These games also seem so well, so far, I've obviously just like kind of made these like really silly punts right away early on. But it seems like if you don't just grief the kind of like opening position that these games seem like they're probably really long. Do you go to fatigue? more frequently than not lately is there i think there you're no gonna see more of that this patch than last patch but it's gonna be very matchup dependent like i've hit fatigue a few times but it's not like the uh it's not the norm yet at least from what i've seen but it, it can happen especially in matchups where you're both like you care about scaling and stuff i've hit fatigue in the the summon mirror before Yeah, that, that one seems like you would just go back and forth for forever. That's really unfortunate. <laughs> you have the one the HP totem so doing much. God's work. That's oh my. To know to never do that. <laughs> the totem did a ton of work. I think this comp still struggles with dealing with your board, though. Oh, that's cool. Okay, I definitely like that part. This might just be a brick, but I think that's okay. We're getting chain healed here. That'd be unfortunate. Oh, it hit all three. Feels good. But I guess now I can use yeah, my healing. Feeling definitely good. 
like a second cleanse. And thankfully, I can guiding path this turn, and it's we're kind of vibing. I think so. It's not the worst. Yeah, this is kind of like a new version of my old nature build, but because you had the root on one, I couldn't like cheat out my Estra, and mm -hmm. that definitely makes this a lot worse because it doesn't want to be playing Bane on turn two. It wants to be using Maestra turn two. I couldn't swing with him. Yeah, the Maestra seems... Maestra is just a really busted character. <laughs> She's very good. Oh, wow. Bane actually lived. He didn't even do very much. There's <laughs> still some chunky hundos. No, that was a interesting... I lost the two-speed flip, I think, with... Oh, uh, yeah, that, that might have been it. I have had a bunch of different games where you're like setting up the to get that advantageous coin flip has been uh very interesting. There any decks we a know. lot of cool twos again. Yeah, there are definitely some hard counters for sure. Like the summon comp hard pretty hard counters, uh the old version of that the old version of Shadow, I think. Non-Master Shadow. Okay, this is gonna be interesting. Uh... What am I bleeding five from? Uh, Elise bleed. You healed, but you healed oh, 13. Of 13. Yeah, we're both, okay. we both have... I guess I healed mine off because of Bane. If I go for the guiding path here, does it actually cast my monkey? If I have advanced the golden monkey one step and it's at monkey step? Uh, no, that it just goes back around to the beginning. Staying <laughs> bummer. Okay. I think I just don't really want this Elise part of it. Like I like the Cadgar. I like the Cadgar, like Ysera, Maestra, Bane combos. I definitely like the Cadgar plus the Maestra a lot. This Elise is underwhelmed me in terms of like things to swivel around Fuck. lost that but if that was still it makes it still target oh because it was my next turn oh shit i won the thing before oh disaster that's bad for me although it froze your release uh, is good for me this is not how i expected this to go I'm not complaining at the same time. Such an awkward board here. Yeah, Boggy protects monkey, they're best friends. Eyes of the Earth Mother are upon us. Here's the totem. Are you Nemzi in that deck? Yes. Nemzi replaced Leroy. They have Leroy there. Do this. Oh, that being a disaster, it's unfortunate. 
This Yeah, the monkey, the monkey is just crazy. The monkey's so good when you get it off, and it's like, it adds like uh, inevitability to Elise. Like Elise is just good for her initial things, yeah. but like, like you healed a bunch and just casual eighty nine. It's pretty silly. Yeah, I guess Elise just doesn't die ever. So, so I think that what you needed to do was. Uh, you needed to, um, the turn with Kaggar, well, I guess Kaggar was going to die either way, so going for the two is correct, um, but, like, I was set up to, like, do, like, a good five with the monkey, so I was also not only stacking the fives, but getting that immediate monkey payoff, and that's why, like, fives yeah, are so good with yeah, Elise. Yeah, lining up with the, the actual monkey there. Yeah, and that happens sometimes. Like you're sometimes your stuff will be too fast, or it, it can just be. Uh, sometimes it can be awkward if you, you don't have the things out uh, that you want out at that time. Um, but that was fun. That was uh, that was no, a geez, lot geez, of fun. No, that was, that was cool to see a lot of the new people. Definitely it, gives I you an idea. My my the things that after even just playing those games and just completely. Basically, haven't seen any of these leveled up versions in PvP and stuff like that yet, other than some of your videos and that kind of stuff. My, yeah, I, I want to start going towards, like, how do we use... I guess I never really got, like, crazy extra value out of the Maestro. Like, that second ability is obviously really good. Well, Maestro did a lot that game. She, like, no, insta-killed I mean, Mouth. crazy double kill. That, that was nice. <laughs> that, that free double kill was nasty. But yeah, I liked the Cadgar plus Maestra synergies there. Um... I like the, again, just like a way to have a deck that could kind of start to really decide when you bring in the Maestro off of an attack. So I would start looking at some, yep. of, some of the other characters that could start to sometimes attack and sometimes not as part of your opener. Like Malkazar. Malkazar is yeah, a great like, character. Malkazar's a pretty sweet one. So um, yeah, maybe like Malkazar. Kagar Maestro combo. Well, Kagar is just good with Maestro because you can just like keep buffing up your team and make Maestro yeah. stronger and give her survivability. Maestro's no, thing exactly. is like she's huge damage, but she dies pretty quickly because she's swinging in, often swinging into two things, and doesn't have a ton of HP to begin with. So she's like kind of a very high burst, low survivability, and so Kagar can help her out quite a bit with the survivability. Yeah, because outright and damage it did have the Malkazar. It was just the Malkazar Cadgar. And Malkazar is really cool with uh with Maestra because he gets that effect where he gets his battle cry off. You swing in, mm -hmm. he swaps. You can then mm -hmm. get his battle cry again later in the game, and you get the immediate Ma Maestra value. And if you're hitting in a protector, they're taking even more damage from Maestra if they're in the the Maestra like lineup. Um, yeah, no, that that's cute. I definitely like that a lot. It's pretty cool. It's uh, I definitely think the that one you were playing uh, Ricochet's build is one of the uh, the better builds I have yeah, seen. Yeah, I, I I like that deck so far. Uh, I like that one. I've been pretty pretty impressed with it. I played it a bunch today, and I I really liked it. Um, but a lot of experimentation still to be done. 
yeah no it seemed cool the that nemzy deck seems maybe kind of toxic <laughs> yeah, oh yeah little, if you but... get a bad matchup it can feel very very you feel very very helpless against it if you have a bad matchup which makes me think it's going to be one of the more polarized decks but mm-hmm. Maybe it's just one of those things where, where you start seeing people throw in Nazoth, throw in Cthulhu yeah. with the battle cry. Like, uh, there's definitely tech out there that can hate on it pretty hard. Um, it's just a question of does this become popular enough to where running that tech is justified or not? So far, I, I've only still seen a handful of people yeah. running it, but again, it's way too early to really tell how popular some of these builds are going to be because especially the ones that have multiple new mercenaries like the the boggy build at least the one yeah. we were playing has three new mercenaries so we have nemzi bonsamdi and medivh you could also throw kagar in there so it's like it's going to take people time to to level up these characters so it's really hard to get a sense of just how popular it will be um but i do think it's one of those ones where that is going to be if you if you have a player who has played the the mirror of that a bunch versus a player who hasn't, you're gonna see that like a lot. You're gonna you're gonna see the difference in um like a great example of that was like I've played enough of that mirror to know you always if you're seeing other boggies, you just always send it in his auth, no matter what. Because yeah. if they have it and you don't, it's just it's it's miserable <laughs> Nizoth is the hard hoping, counter yeah i'm almost hoping that it like doesn't get solved too easily where it's like okay once we once both parties know that you're supposed to bring in the Nizoth, then now what like the and but but i like those types of narratives that play out over matchups like that whether even the fact that it's a mirror is cool that people still have to kind of like innovate on how to play the mirror but i, I like it when and i think mercenaries is a great game for having a matchup comes out and especially now where hopefully the popularity like you're saying isn't just we're not going to see a 20 percent, 30 percent of the of the metagame share archetype anymore hopefully um it'll, it'll take a while to learn it it'll take a while to practice and find these matchups and just like figure out what the story is and so i think mercenaries is a great game for kind of exploring that avenue when it comes to narrative kind of exploration and then discovery like that so i i think it's uh i think it's hype these these decks look really cool yeah definitely no they're they're a lot of fun and there's a lot of stuff that i haven't even gotten a chance to try yet like there there's there's yeah, so many different uh well what's the one that you think is kind of like highest on your tier list of like most unexplored but kind of most potential do you have any, do you have any <laughs> thoughts um i'm pretty high on the the comp with ysera I think there is something to demons, but it's going to take some time before people really crack the best version of that, and it's going to be kind of a meta-dependent comp. That's the that's the tricky thing. It's like it's hard to really know how good some of these new ones are going to be until we see the other stuff that's also good because it's so contextual. Um, yeah, especially when it feels like we're having sideboard cards as a literal consideration now for the first time. Like, yeah, do you have to counter an MZ stuff? Do you have to put a Cthulhu in there? Do you have to put an Azoth in there? Like those right totally you have to and there's stuff people that. haven't even really tried that could be really cool like one idea is uh bonsomdi bounce you could use that with a Cthune bench and you can bounce your old gods very easily and every time you play an old god from hand it makes the bench Cthune even bigger so like you can actually have like a 70 attack Cthune or something 
pretty easily by like turn three potentially <laughs> so okay. there's a lot of stuff just people haven't tried yet um like there's a lot of stuff i haven't even remotely thought about that i'm sure uh will enable some new stuff like i haven't messed with the murlocs much at all but the the big thing that, that makes me Murloc. hopeful is uh a lot of these new comps can uh can hate pretty hard on what some of the best old comps were from last time around it doesn't make those old comps unplayable they're just not universally as good versus the whole field um which is good i think yeah. like God, yeah. Uh, I'm glad we're we're not going to see 14 new mercs come in and Shadow and Trigor Valera continue to be like the the oh, the, no. the high tier uh above most other comps. Like I think there there's going to be more variety and I think, you know, like we talked about kind of in towards the beginning of the episode, much like Pokémon, you know, as we get more and more it's going to get more expansive and we're finally seeing that i think with this drop where before you'd get it even the new powerful mercs with like a few exceptions like valira trigor they could kind of go into anything but some of these other mercs they were very tribe specific where even if they were very powerful it, it just didn't make sense to run them outside their tribe because they were always going to do their powerful thing better in their tribe and now I think we're seeing more characters who they they have that flexibility. Like, yeah, Nemsi's great in the summon comp, but I've used her in other stuff, and she's also been good there, even comps that don't care about going all in on the summon theme. Hagar is probably the best example of this, because I've seen him in a ton of different comps, because he just has a lot of utility and is useful in a bunch of different strategies. Kind of like, I think Hagar is the new Elise. Like yeah, in Khadgar terms of like the best, like free to play investment, like can go into a ton of stuff. Like Kedgar really impressed me. I think and he's good in PVE too. If you want to farm some PVE, he's, he's good there too. So I definitely think he's a, he's a good way to go, and he's going to be a very relevant part of the meta going forward. Uh, but yeah, it was fun. Glad we got some games in. We had some good discussion. But... Myself, but we're <laughs> oh you know that that's kind of what happens playing with these characters for the first time like i made tons of mistakes yeah. with some of them when i was first trying out because like it's the best way to learn the game is like you know you're not like losing anything right like especially in with the whole mmr system and ladder like having more problems than we have time to talk about right now um the fact that i could just borrow your decks like that is yeah awesome so that's i love that change i'm a big yeah. fan of that and that's actually going to enable some very cool content that uh hopefully all of you watching will be seeing uh on monday so we're gonna be recording something neat tomorrow and uh hopefully if it does well and people like it we'll we'll do some more of it in the future but it's something we have never done before uh in uh in mercs pvp and uh i'm looking forward to it so a little little, little sneak peek there testing um a little, a little boundary pushing yeah it, it's yeah. it's fun you know trying out some some new stuff for the content i think it's something people are going to be a fan of <laughs> but yeah uh i think that's going to wrap it up for us here for episode 33 of the fighting pit uh, if you're watching this not live, if you would 
like, subscribe, comment, all that good social media stuff really helps out support the podcast. And uh, as always, we appreciate everyone for hanging out, listening, and uh, we will see you soon on the next episode of The Fighting Pit. Take it easy, everybody. Adios. Stay safe.